Hello, everyone, and welcome to Book Solid Podcast. And this is about the point where you'd hear two separate voices introducing themselves. But today, it is just me, Soraya, and I'm just dropping by to give you a quick little bonus episode about something I have been itching to talk about, which is Twilight and the release of Midnight Sun. So don't get used to hearing just me. Um, It's still going to be me in India for pretty much all of our episodes, but this is just something that I really, really wanted to come on and talk about. And I used to be a really big fan of the Twilight books, so yeah, I just wanted to give my little take. And um, quick disclaimer, I have not read Midnight Sun yet. I did pick it up. I have it sitting on my bookshelf, but I have not cracked it open quite yet. But the release of it has gotten me thinking about the Twilight series as a whole. So as I mentioned, (laughs) I was a really big fan of the Twilight books when they were popular when they first came out. I was in middle school, so I think I started reading it in seventh grade and then read it throughout seventh and eighth, or maybe it was just that year. But needless to say, I was a big fan, like (laughs) I'm sure a lot of you. And I, I have a lot of feelings about with the release of Midnight Sun and everything. So I guess just jumping in. So it's been a long time since I've read the books. I mean, I haven't read them since middle school, so that was, what, 12 years ago that I read them. Um, And I know that a lot of people like to give Twilight Lovers grief for it, but hey, you know, they will forever have a piece of my little 12-year-old heart, and I don't think that's ever going to change. But yeah, so I loved the books. I thought they were great. I devoured them as quickly as humanly possible. And then, you know, we had the phenomenon of all the films, did the midnight releases, the whole bang, whole shebang. But um, just jumping into, I guess, um, the movies I've seen much more recently. So I guess I'll talk about those a little bit. It's so funny going back and watching the movies now because I'm like, oh gosh, like at the time they were so wonderful and amazing. And I will rewatch them now. And I'm not going to lie. The first couple I do cringe a little bit because I think the movies definitely get better as the, as they progress. Like the first Twilight movie, is not the best once you get to Breaking Dawn Part 2. It's pretty good. The quality of the acting, the quality of the films has increased exponentially. But yeah, it's it's a little cringy going back and watching those first few movies. I always make jokes about like the way that Kristen Stewart plays her in the first few is just so breathy. Like so much breathing and the angst between those two. I just, I cannot. But all in all, you know, I did love them and I'm not even, I'm not going to lie when I'm feeling nostalgic or just going through something where I'm like, you know what? I need to pick me up. I need to feel better. I will have my little Twilight Marathon and I will watch all five consecutively, sometimes in one day if I'm really feeling up to it. So I guess just getting down into some of the most important Twilight questions that there are, I think the biggest one is everyone wants to know when you tell them that you read Twilight, that you're into Twilight, um, were you team Edward or team Jacob? So, (laughs) and it's a very divisive answer. I've learned one of my friends told me that a friendship of hers legitimately almost ended over this very question. But what I will say, so when I read the books the very first time, like I said, I was in middle school, I was in seventh grade, so I was like 12, 13. I was definitely swept up in the whole, like, it's Edward, she's meant to be with Edward, and they're this perfect couple type of mindset, which I think a lot of us were when we read it, because, you know, that's the way the book is written. We are, essentially, we're rooting for Edward and Bella to make it together. Um, I did not like Jacob's character at all when I read the books. I thought he was really annoying. He was a nuisance. I just didn't want to deal with him. 
And then it's funny because, like, as I mentioned, as I've watched the books, as I've got, or <laughs> as I've watched the movies, as I've gotten older, my opinion has completely changed. I I can definitely see the sides of Team Jacob a little more, and I feel part of me rooting for him more than Edward. I just think Edward is really controlling. Um, it's kind of, it, it's, it's a little toxic, um, I would say, just how kind of obsessed they are with one another. He is incredibly controlling. He's manipulative. And I'm just not a fan of a lot of the things that he does. I feel like now that I'm older and I see it through, I'm seeing him through a different lens. You know, it's not so romanticized. And so I definitely think that that's an issue. And I do find myself, like, even though I know exactly how the books and the movies end every time I watch it, I'm like, you know what? I kind of wish you would choose Jacob. Not to say Edward's absolutely completely horrible. He has his moments, but I would just say I feel like I find myself rooting for Jacob a little bit more. And so then jumping back into the books, it's really interesting because, as I mentioned, when I first read the books, I did not like Jacob's character. I just thought he was an inconvenience. I wanted him to go away. And so when um, I went to start Breaking Dawn, I my stepmom had read it before me and she was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's in three parts. And one of it, one part is from Jacob's perspective. And I was like, oh, how am I ever going to make it through this book? Having to go through a whole part of it being from Jacob's perspective. And what's funny is that is what flipped the script for me with his character. Once I read that part of the book, I had a total 180. I really enjoyed his character. I liked him so much more. And I love that Stephanie Meyer did that because I think it was exactly what we needed for that book. And I think it would be really interesting for me at this point in my life to go back and read all of the books. And maybe I will. I don't know if it'll be anytime soon because I got a lot of books that I need to get through right now. And those, you know, they're pretty um, thick, especially Eclipse and Breaking Dawn. But I do think it would be really interesting to go back and reread them as an adult and just kind of see it all through a different lens and compare it to how I felt back then. And that's something I'd love to know too for any of you. If you, you know, read the books, you know, 10, 12 years ago when they were really popular and you've reread them, you know, how has your opinion changed? Um, how do you feel about the characters? Has it shifted? Is it the same? Um, I would love to hear. So please, you know, send us an email at booksolidpodcast at gmail.com because I know there's a lot of opinions surrounding this and I, I definitely want to hear um, some other perspectives. And so, so with Midnight Sun, and I find it interesting because there are other books that accompany the series, like um, The Short Second Life of Brie Tanner and Life and Death, which I didn't read either of those uh, as well. And I actually don't know why I never picked those up. Short Second Life of Brie Tanner, I think I'd thought about, and then it didn't really get good reviews. And usually that doesn't deter me, but I don't, I don't know what happened if I got just caught up in other things and I never read it. And then Life and Death, if any of you don't know, Life and Death is the first Twilight book reimagined. Um, and basically all of the genders of the characters are just swapped. So it's a guy named Beaufort, I think it is, or Bo for short, who moves to Forks and falls in love with a female vampire named Edith. And so I think all of the characters are kind of swapped in that way. And so to me, I was like, okay, if it's just going to be the first book, pretty similarly plot-wise and all that's changed is their gender. Like, I don't really know if, you know, I want to reread it or if it's going to be that great, but it did end up having some pretty good reviews, I think. So it's the one that I'm like, okay, well, maybe some details are changed and maybe it would be worth the read. So if any of you have read it, let me know if it's worth the read. Um, so then I just thought it was interesting with Midnight Sun because it's essentially, you know, as we know, it's the first book, but from Edward's perspective. And so 
I think when I first heard of it coming out, I wasn't terribly excited because I would have rather have seen like a, just a completely new storyline because it kind of feels like now we have three different versions of the first book. You know, we have the actual Twilight book, we have Life and Death, which is the reimagining, and now we have Midnight Sun from Edward's perspective. And so when I first, like I said, when I first heard the release of it, and I know that she'd been working on it, Stephanie Meyer had years ago and it was leaked and she kind of put it away and said she didn't want to um, finish it if it had already partially been leaked. But yeah, so as I was saying, I just think I would have preferred to see like a new story or like a continuation or something. So I'm like, you know, what? we already know the first one in and out. We've all reread it or rewatched it or what have you. Like we know it. And then now that I've seen the reviews, though, I do see a lot of people saying that it is it is interesting to get this take or that there are some things that are different or it's not just a complete retelling like I thought it was going to be. So I picked it up and it, it has piqued my interest. It has. I just would say that when I first heard about it, I was really lukewarm. Definitely really very lukewarm about it. And then um, hearing everyone talking about it has kind of stirred up my excitement. So once I do read it, maybe I'll do another bonus episode talking about it or maybe just like write about it on our Facebook group or something. But it's definitely been exciting. It's definitely stirring up all those old feelings from back when the books were in the peak of their popularity. Like I can just feel that little part of me that used to be so excited. I would rush home and do my homework as fast as I could and then just spend all night reading the books. And <laughs> I remember because like I said, Eclipse and Breaking Dawn are pretty thick. I think they're almost 700 pages or so, or just about there. And I remember I had it sitting on my desk in class once and the sleeve was off. So it just looked like a black book. And this guy next to me in class was like, are you reading that for pleasure or because you have to for school? And I just thought that was so funny. And I was like, uh, yeah, this is most definitely for pleasure, but I can uh, see why you would think that. But um, while we're dissecting the books and the movies, I kind of wanted to talk about some of my favorite characters. And it's hard because I'm so rusty on the books. And so I'm like, okay, are they portrayed in the show or am I mean in the movie as they are in the books? Um, but I would definitely have to say some of my favorite characters are Charlie. I mean, like, come on, he is the best. And I don't think there's anyone who would <laughs> disagree on that front. I'm um, trying to think. If you say that you weren't in love with Jasper during the baseball scene, you are lying to yourself. So, um, and so I actually don't know if I would call him one of my favorite characters, though. I think I kind of liked him in the books. His portrayal in the movies was fine. I think as the movies progressed, I wasn't crazy about um, him. And a lot of the characters really changed in their appearance, too. And that was something that kind of bothered me in the movies was I feel like they tried so hard to make them look like vampires that they kind of just started looking fake. And from my recollection in the books, that's not really how they were supposed to look. Like, they just didn't look natural. And to me, I know in the books they were just supposed to be like, they were supposed to have kind of an otherworldly kind of beauty, but that's really the only thing that set them apart. They were just supposed to be these extraordinarily beautiful people. But in the movies, I feel like they did try so hard to like tie in this aspect of making them look like vampires that they just kind of didn't even really look like people anymore if that makes sense so like I just wasn't a fan of how some of their appearances changed so much between the first movie and the fourth movie I feel like that was something they kind of struggled to to get right I don't even <laughs> it's funny because I'm sitting here thinking about like who else would I call a favorite character and I don't even know if I would call Bella one of my favorite characters she frustrates me quite a bit her indecisiveness and 
she's a little bit reckless. You know, I don't think she fully thinks about how her actions will impact all of the people around her. And I mean, granted, she's a she's 16, 17 years old when the series starts. So maybe that's just indicative of her age and kind of that immaturity. But yeah, I don't know if that I would really call her one of my favorite characters in the series. Um, I guess I'm just kind of like blase about her. I liked Alice a lot in the books. And I mean, she's cool in the movies. And I would call her for sure one of my favorite characters. Um, moving on to least favorites. I don't know that I really have one. I mean, like, I mean, we have the villains that we're supposed to dislike, like Victoria and James. And so, like, saying I dislike them, it's like, okay, well, who doesn't? I don't think that anyone's really rooting for them. But the Volturi are terrible as well. But same thing, like, we're supposed to dislike them. So I would say, like, out of the main cast of characters, I don't think that there's one that I'm really like, ooh, I can't stand them. They're my least favorite character. It was Jacob, I said. But um, Breaking Dawn kind of really shifted that for me. And as I mentioned, I think at the when I was younger, I really did like Edward and I thought it was so romantic and how he's willing to do anything for her. But then as I've gotten older, I realized a little bit of his behavior is kind of problematic and um, it, it's just a little too manipulative, a little too controlling for my preference. I get it. He loves her. He doesn't want anything to happen to her, yada, yada, yada. But I don't really feel like he expressed it in the best way all the time. And OK, now that we're getting into this, I have a couple of questions about Breaking Dawn. So, you know, in the books, and like I said, it's been a long time since I read them, so just correct me if I'm wrong, but Stephanie Meyer describes them as being frozen in the state in which they were changed. That is why, you know, they don't age, you know, their hearts don't beat, they don't breathe, things like that. So what I've always, always, always wondered is if Edward is frozen at the state that he was in, how are they able to A, have sex, and B, how is Bella able to get pregnant? Because, like, Edward doesn't have blood pumping through his body. I also assume that means that his reproductive organs don't work as they're supposed to. And even if they did, somehow, how does he, how is he able to create any viable swimmers to impregnate Bella? It's something that I've always wondered. It never really made sense to me. I feel like it was kind of a plot hole, but everyone just overlooked it because, like, oh my gosh, Bella's pregnant. We were all focusing on that. But that's something that really never made sense to me. And if anyone knows why that happened or how it could happen, please let me know because I, it's, it's never, ever made sense to me. Speaking of Renesmee, I know a lot of people have very strong feelings about her name. It never bothered me that much. Like, I don't know. It's just the whole realm of Twilight is so unbelievable and like out there that her name was not something that I was like, oh my gosh, her name is so crazy. And it's like this whole story is so out there and like, and not out there in a bad way, but it's just, it's just funny to me, everything that the storyline addresses and focuses on, but Renesmee's name is something that people got really upset about. I was like, yeah, whatever, like that checks out for Bella. Um, but I know that a lot of people are very upset about it. The CGI baby is something I'm upset about. It's so bad. <laughs> so very bad and distracting. But the name, I was like, yeah, you know, that, sure, this may as well happen. <laughs> something else, too, that I know is really problematic is Jacob's imprinting. And this is also something that seems to polarize a lot of people because a lot of people are like, well, like, he couldn't help it. And it's not like he had a romantic relationship with her. But it is. Their relationship was to become romantic once she was of age. And I know how it's explained and I know how imprinting works, but it also is just, it, it doesn't, it does not look good <laughs> that she's a baby and she's a child and that he's kind of this like 
protector turned lover for her. I just don't think that that really came across very well. And I definitely see how it is very, very, very um, problematic. And it's it's very like uh, he's grooming her, essentially. And so it always surprised me how Edward and Bella were kind of just like, I mean, Bella got mad at first and they were both just like, all right, you know, this is going to happen. This is fine. And it's um, something that's caused a lot of issue with uh, many fans or even just people who have watched the movies uh, at all. Um, but like I said, if you, you know, read the Twilight books or you watched the movies, you're really into them, don't forget to shoot us an email. Uh, if you read Midnight Sun, let me know what you think. Um, just remember, I haven't read it yet. So please, no spoilers, but just tell me how you thought it was. If it's, is it just as good as the rest of the series? And do you feel like you kind of got some missing links filled in because you know the more they think about it it is really interesting that we never got anything from edward's perspective in the original series considering you know what an important character he is and we were kind of left to fill in some of those blanks ourselves so i think it will be really interesting to read what he was thinking during this time and kind of get more insight into who he is as a character so also if you have read life and death or the short second life of Bree Tanner, i want to know your thoughts on that as well because life and death has been piquing my interest a little bit more lately i want to know like are things changed or is it just an exact retelling with just the genders changed so thanks for listening it has been really nice to indulge the little twi hard in me i feel like maybe after this I'll go rewatch the movies <laughs> in consecutive order again because it's been a while since the last time I did that and hey I have nothing else to do so why not we'll see you all with our next full-length episode on August 31st um, we had a slight schedule change so that book or that episode will be on the guest list by Lucy Foley you can find our entire updated schedule through the link in our show notes if you like what you've been hearing with our show you know in this bonus episode or in any of our previous four episodes please be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review it really helps us to know you know what you all like about the show don't forget we have a giveaway going on um the details of that will be in the show notes of our previous episode the episode on normal people so you can win a 25 dollars barton's noble gift card go ahead and check that out and see you soon